0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back for another edition of Out About. As always, I'm your host, Spencer Brown. And joining me as always, we have Dalton Bishop. What's up? Doing all right. We also have Christian Ernst. What is going on, y'all? Oh, very exciting episode in store today. And I, I got to start this episode with an apology uh, to the city of Detroit and the Detroit Lions. That's where we'll start today. Is the Detroit Lions have won their first division title in 30 years? Their last division title came during the NFC Central days. That's before realignment in 02, and the Texans joined. Their last division title, like I said, the Buccaneers were a division opponent that year. This is their first title under the name NFC North. <coughs> and we kind of saw this last year when the season ended. We're like, okay, Detroit, they beat Green Bay week. Uh, eighteen, and it seems like they have a lot of momentum going towards the, uh, next season. Now, I was like, they're going to be a very trendy pick to make the playoffs by a lot of people. And I think it was some justifiable reasons that they were the team that was picked by a lot of people to make the playoffs. I tried to zig while everyone else was zagging. And I was like, everyone loves Detroit. There's a team that everyone tries to get behind, get, on, get in front of on the bandwagon, and they fall off. I did not pick Detroit to make the playoffs preseason, and I was wrong. I mean, I was wrong on a lot of the NFC especially. Uh, A lot of my picks were terrible. But the Detroit one was the most wrong. Not only did they make the playoffs, they have won the NFC uh, North. And I just testament to Dan Campbell and company um, that, you know, a couple years ago they won three games with Jared Goff. They stuck with Goff. They stuck with Campbell. Um, And Brad Holmes is doing a hell of a job there as the GM that – like, this is a city that, you know, they haven't had, like I said, they haven't had a home playoff game in 30 years. And for them to make the playoffs this year, it shows how far they come because Dan Campbell, during his playing career, was on the 08 Lions team that went 0 16 at the time. And now he's the head coach leading them to a division championship. So I'm proud of Detroit. It's a team that, like them and Cleveland, they've had so much, um, just dysfunction in their career uh, as a franchise that to see them have some sort of success, it's, um, even if you're like a rival in Detroit, you still like to kind of see this team, you know, at least make one playoff run uh, in them. And of course they can be the new media darlings the next, you know, run the North for the next 10 years and become annoying. But this first run is always the sweetest run because they're the underdogs still. And you got the you know the football world that's not Lions fans, not rivals of the Lions, where they're kind of rooting for them to have success because they want to see this team uh reach new heights and the fans that have you know suffered for all these years with Detroit and you know they won eleven games, which I couldn't tell. I mean, probably a staffer year they won double digits a couple of times when we were wild card teams. Um, but yeah, just hats off to Detroit there. Uh Dolan, your thoughts and uh reactions to seeing the Detroit Lions taking the NFC North this year.
1: Yeah, dude. I mean, I think that it's absolutely great. Um, I thought this team was going to be viable in their division, and uh, I'm just happy to see that, um, that their team has become successful and that they've really turned it around with the players that they've got um, and the uh, the management. You mentioned Brad Holmes uh GM and you know he's he's done a, a really good job with the players and um really getting that franchise back on track and Dan Campbell was a good hire and um Jared Goff being the quarterback I mean he's he is a he's a pretty good player and you know they've uh they've really they've really turned it around for him so it's good to see
0: all right Christian your thoughts On uh, seeing Detroit winning their first division title in 30 years.
2: You know, as a Packers
0: fan, uh, I even said this on the podcast,
2: even, you know, the final game of uh, the 2022-23 season, regular season, you know, Green Bay had a chance to go to the playoffs and Detroit beat them. And even though I was very upset we could not go to the playoffs, Detroit is, under Dan Campbell, like the entire entire culture has changed under Dan Campbell. Uh, when he was hired and people were saying, oh, he's going to bite off kneecaps. I'm like, okay, so they seriously hired a crackhead to be Detroit's new head coach, which you know is very Detroit-esque, right? Just you know, picking up guys who are just probably belong nowhere near head coaching material since they got rid of Jim Caldwell back in, what was first year? 16? So around 2015 he got released um so you know with Dan Campbell they've been tremendous and yes they've had some games where it's like really you lost to Chicago you got killed against Baltimore you know they're not showing like they're the best team uh they lost the shootout against Seattle very early in the year so you know they've had their struggles but they've stayed consistent enough they've won a lot of games 10 plus games and winning the division when Minnesota looks kind of hot until Kirk Cousins got hurt. Green Bay is, you know, very young. Uh, Chicago is Chicago. But Detroit winning the fir- their first title, since it'd be calling the North, they won the North, Game of Thrones reference, um, it's awesome for them. You know, I predicted Detroit to win the division just because I, I, I seriously loved, the Jamar Gibbs uh, draft pick that they had, uh, even though it was kind of, you know, early at 12, cause, just because Bijan Robinson got picked up at eight. And getting Jack Campbell has done really well. I really think they should really look towards Hendon Hooker for maybe that replacement. Uh, because I think Jared Goff's contract ends next season. So who knows what the quarterback position is going to be towards then. Uh, but for Detroit, for now... It's awesome that Jared Goff has been playing very, you know, has been playing well in certain situations. The defense has improved. So, now Detroit actually has a home playoff game, which you know those fans in Detroit, whoever their matchup is, uh, right now I think it's the Rams who they would play against Matthew Stafford. Uh, You know Detroit fans are going to love Matthew. They're going to appreciate all he has done for Detroit, but they want to beat that ass. So, it's gonna be a heck of a time in Detroit, you know, on, on the football side. Because once the season's over, you have gotta deal with the terrible Pistons. So, you know, <laughs> you you win some, you lose some, and for Detroit and Detroit fans, it's for the Lions winning their division. It's awesome.
0: Yeah, no, that's the that's the intriguing matchup right now. Is can it be? Is it gonna be? former friend Matt Stafford in the Rams coming to town to take on Jared Goff. That is a gosh, that is going to be the biggest storyline. They even get like a Browns-Ravens playoff matchup with Flacco going back to Baltimore too. Where uh, So, that, again, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, I know. Uh, but we had to, you know, dedicate the first, you know, five or ten minutes or so to talking about the Detroit Lions because it is something that we have not seen in our lifetime. And we're proud of them for doing this. Uh, something we have seen in our lifetime is uh, uh, Rams beating the Saints. We've seen that before. That's where we'll start Thursday night. Dalton, your Rams took on the Saints. I'm sorry for a little bit of spoiler there. Uh, but Dalton, how did that game go for you?
1: So that game was actually really good for my morale. Uh, I was happy to see that the Rams were able to beat the Saints in prime time. Um, and, you know, I think... You know Stafford's playing really well right now. They've, you know, they've they've got that offense on track. Puka Puka was insane. I mean, nine receptions, 164 yards. Um, and you know, even though Cooper Cup is not playing, well, he's not well. He's not he's not playing super exceptional. I mean, he's still he's still doing his thing. I mean, he's blocking and he's trying to receive and you know just trying to be that complete wide receiver, uh, doing pretty much anything that he can to help out the team. Um, Kyron Williams had another 100-yard game. He's on fire as well. I'm so glad that the Rams finally have a running game because if they – uh, did not this this would not be happening right now. They're in the playoff hunt because they're able to play complimentary football on the offensive side. You know, with Kyra Williams and Matthew Stafford not turning the football over. Kyron did have two fumbles, but you know, he's he's still running the ball effectively. Um the defense was able to cause a turnover. Derek Carr threw an interception, and you know, he did have three touchdowns. I mean he was he was he was balling as well, but you know, for them to get a win against the Saints in division uh, was, was crucial for their playoff hopes. Um, they needed to get hot this last stretch and they have, um, which is, which is good to see. And so, yeah, man, good win for them. Um, it was, it was 30 to 22, but it, I mean, for the majority of the game, it wasn't even close until the Saints, once again, I don't know what it is, but they just go on a run with these, with you know, these teams that are playing the Rams late in the game, they just go on a run. I don't know if the defense is tired or whatever, um, but they just turn, they just, they just give up some late points. So it was, it was close late, but you know, for the majority game, it didn't even seem that seem that way. And um, yeah, just happy to see it. And uh, they're gonna play the Giants this week. The Rams are, so you know, we'll see what happens there. It'll be in New Jersey, so that'll be an away game before they. Finish off with the 49ers in Week 18 in Santa Clara.
0: All right, in the afternoon slate on Christmas Eve, Crimson. Your Packers took on the lowly Carolina Panthers. How'd that game go for you? Well,
2: you know, going into uh, the stretch of games, uh, I remember saying it after the Kansas City Chiefs game, where Green Bay could go five and zero in this down in the down the stretch uh, against teams like the New York Giants, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and even the Carolina Panthers. Uh, you know, we had terrible offensive showing going up against the Giants. Defense couldn't stop, you know, Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans. And going into Carolina, I'm thinking, okay, Green Bay is going to, you know, get the job done. And, I mean, if you look at the, you know, the box score, and, the, uh, su- excuse me, the play drives, I mean, Green Bay scored their first four drives. They did. They got – Three touchdowns and a field goal. And, you know, Carolina, they got uh, a touchdown and field goal early. But at halftime, it's 23-10. to 10. Jordan Love played exceptional. The defense played fine. Wasn't any big plays. They played consistent. And I'm thinking at 23-10 at halftime, like, all right, I don't even have to worry about this game, right? And then, you know, second half begins. You know, we go three and out. You know, kind of shocking, right? And then we both trade a couple of touchdowns. So in the beginning of the fourth quarter, 30 to 16. I'm not worried. I'm not worried. And you know what? It was Christmas Eve. So guess what? I decided to go to church. I'm thinking, okay, my Packers are going to handle the Panthers. And I see I see a couple of things. Number one, Carolina got a touchdown. Made it, made it 30 22 I'm like, oh boy. Within within eight, right? Because they got they, uh, they didn't get the two point conversion, right? So I'm thinking, oh boy, Carolina better not do this, right? You know, we go three and out again, which is normal Green Bay fashion. Carolina, they score with you know five place all the way down the field, seventy yards, not even the whole two minutes, and now they tied it up, touchdown with the two point conversion. And I'm thinking if we lose to the Panthers, we are done. Even if we are not statistically eliminated from the playoffs, losing to the Panthers, we are eliminated because we would get our butts whooped by whoever we would play. So luckily, at the end of the game, Bryce Young and the Panthers ran out of time and we somehow stole it 33-30. to And look, that game... If you are a Panthers fan or a Bryce Young fan, which I am, I'm a huge I, – I love Bryce. These two guys know it. Other guys in our friend group know it. I was high on Bryce Young. He played very well in the air. Threw for over 300 yards. He threw for over 312 yards, two touchdowns, ran it for 17. So – He's been playing exceptional. Now, yeah, this year he's not winning Rookie of the Year. That's probably going to go to CJ Stroud, maybe even Puka. But Bryce Young, he's taking just tiny little steps to get better. If you're a Panthers fan, even though it's a loss to a very young Green Bay team who's had their struggles, you get the head coaching part right, which could be Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson. Could be, you know, a college coach. Whoever Carolina hires, they need to be offensive-minded to help Bryce Young become even better as a player. You know, rookies that you know, some rookies, not all, but some, they have bad first years. Trevor Lawrence wasn't throwing, you know, fifty touchdowns his rookie year. He wasn't that good his rookie year. It takes times for some guys to develop. For Bryce, you know, for CJ. One in a million. Him in Houston with the Bico Ryans has done an incredible job. For Bryce Young, looked very good in that game. And, heck, if they just had a little bit more time to spike the ball, who knows, could have kicked the field goal in that position and also maybe even won the game in Carolina. So, for my Packers, we're still technically alive. Uh, two more games, you know, we got both in both in division. Excuse me, Minnesota and Chicago to end it, we need a lot of things to happen for Green Bay to uh, get into the playoffs this year. But luckily we didn't lose against the worst team in the NFL.
0: Yeah, it could have been worse if you had lost that game. Uh, for me, the Patriots, and I have to apologize if you listened to last week's episode, uh, because I said there is no Sunday Night Football game because I was looking at the schedule yeah, because of the Patriots, are my favorite team, it's at the top of the list. And I was like, oh, there's no football game listed here. So I was like, oh, the Patriots don't. There's no Sunday night football game. No, it was the Patriots Broncos. I just can't read, and I misspoke last week. So apologize for that up front. Um, and this game, I was like, it's Broncos. It will probably be a close affair because the Broncos give us a tough matchup. It's in Denver, so the opt two, It's weird. Um, but Zappy looked really good throwing the football. Uh, didn't turn the ball over at all. So that was, that's always a good sign. And yeah, Javante Williams. They put Denver up early. Uh, Chad Ryland. I'll get to him in a second. He had a lot of a uh, up and down during the game. But he gets the field goal in the second quarter early, makes it seven to three. Um, uh, in the second in the second half, you know, you have the uh the screen pass to Zeke Elliott where he hurdles the guy, um, and gets in the end zone of fifteen yard on a screen pass. But then Chad Ryland misses the PAT. And like I said, he's so inconsistent there. Uh, Then in the, the third quarter, that's where it got really fascinating uh, as a Patriots fan and in general, because you have Mike Kosticki catch the ball 11 yards out. And then on the ensuing kickoff, the guy for Denver, he's near the goal line. So I don't know why he doesn't take a touchback, takes it out of the end zone. Then he kind of fumbles it. Then another guy tries to pick up, fumbles again. The ball's at the one yard line. Cody Davis picks it up, and rolls in the end zone one yard out. So in six seconds, New England has scored. Um, they've now gone from nine to 23 because they go for, or no, they don't go for two, but because uh, Ryan made those two PATs. I, I cannot speak, because he keeps, like I said, he missed the one earlier. I thought they went for two for some reason because it was a 16-point game there. Um, Denver, they made it fascinating because they score uh, to cut, and they get the 2 conversion aversion uh, with 8.33 to go. Then they score with under three minutes to go. They get the two. It's a tie game here. And it's like, okay, nice try, New England. We're going to go three and out probably. We're going to find a way to give the ball back to Denver. And we'll see what happens here. But that's not what happened there. They actually light up for a uh, 56-yard field goal. And it's in the altitude in Denver, so the ball sells, um, which was nice. Because, like I said, Riley missed the 33-yarder PAT. Um, about a month or so ago when they played the Giants, he had a 35-yard field goal attempt that could have tied in forced overtime. He missed that. And it's like, okay, the tank's on. Even Ryland's in on it. Um, but Ryland, to his credit, he made this field goal there. And, you know, he, he was up front in the game. He's like, look, I've had my struggles this year. I know it. But, you know, credit to, the you know, Bill and uh, Cam McCord, the special teams coordinator. And then for trusting him to send him out there after he had missed a PAT earlier. Um, And he makes it with two seconds to go. And Denver, they had their, like, you know, they, you know, the lateral plays just didn't go anywhere. Uh, But, yeah, New England goes into Denver. uh, I would say effectively ending any playoff chance that Denver has. That might be an outside chance, but it's more often, more likely than not they will not make the playoffs um, this year. But DeMario Douglas was fun to watch five receptions, 74 yards. And like I said, Zeke had a game-winning or the, one of the touchdowns, a highlight play uh, for sure. So New England winners of you know four and eleven right now. They have now gone from the second pick in the draft to the fourth pick in the draft as of this week. Um, yeah, for as many episodes we've done where we're zero and three as a podcast, it feels good to have a three in a week on this episode. So I'm happy for all of us. We had a good Christmas with our sports teams. Uh, I had, uh, yeah, crucial. I also had an extra good Christmas because the Thugs and Heat both won their NBA games on Christmas Day, so we cannot go. We're on cloud nine right now, um, to say the least. Uh, starting with our you know superlatives with a uh, game of the week, I'll lead things off. And my game of the week, I'm gonna go with one that we all kind of we previewed last week. We said it's gonna be a good game, and it lived up to the hype. That was Dallas taking on Miami. On Christmas Eve, and like I just alluded to the Heat won on Christmas Day. So Miami fans they're on cloud nine because Miami Dolphins, Miami Heat. Uh, if you're a fan of both those teams, they both won. So congratulations to the Dolphins. They are in the hunt for the one seed, potentially. But a back and forth game we got um on Christmas Eve. You know, C D Lamb, he scores on a bit 49-yard touchdown pass late in the first quarter, puts Dallas up seven to three. Raheem Mostert scores late in the second quarter to put that, makes it 13 to 7. And then, you know, back and forth, they trade field goals in the third quarter. Um, But Brandon Albert, like, he cannot miss a field goal to save his life there. Uh, Dallas did take the lead with 327 to go. Brandon Cooks caught eight yards out. And it's like, okay, Dallas is going to get a signature win, even though they did beat division rival Philadelphia uh, fairly recently. But here's the signature win again for Dallas. Uh, and, again, we, we probably will get to the potential Super Bowl preview that we saw, what we thought was maybe a Super Bowl preview on Monday night football. This game, also, we can see a rematch in Las Vegas because these two teams are, you know, they're, they win the division more than likely. Or at least Miami is. Dallas, they may not win the division, actually, uh, speaking out loud. But the Dolphins, they walk it off. That's their first, like, really good win this year. Uh, just because they have beat up on a lot of pretty bad teams all season, uh, they beat be Buffalo, so it, it counts for something. But, um, but the Dolphins they walk it off on Christmas Eve. They go home happy. They're eleven and four now, uh, having another really good season for Mike McDaniel and company. Um, so that Tua, you know, two hundred ninety-three yards, one touchdown pass that he had. You um, like I said earlier to Raheem Mostert and Dallas. Again, they played, they only they lost by two. lost on a walk-off field goal. Like, as much as we want to joke on Dallas for, you know, not living up to expectations, they lost. Again, it wasn't like they got blown out, like the game they had, uh, the 49ers earlier, uh, where they just got blasted that game. So, um, or so, so yeah, they've had a great, or the Bills game, excuse me. Uh, it's not the Bills game a few weeks ago, where they got blasted. Like, they had played a hard-fought game and just lost on a last-second field goal there. Uh, Dalton, your game of the week. For Christmas weekend,
1: thank you, Spence. Um, my game of the week was Detroit and Minnesota, and I think it's because you know, you know, they Detroit, they they you know, they had to go into somebody else's house to win this division for them, and you know, they they went ahead and did it, man. Like, it was. It was like, this is what we're going to have to do. This is a fighting Vikings team as well. Like, they're fighting for their playoff chances. Um, sure, I know, like, the Vikings did end up losing Hawkinson and, you know, um, Jordan Addison. So they weren't at, you know, their full strength, quote unquote, per se. But, you know, they did. They did fight for the entire game. And, you know, the score ended up being 30 to 24 Lions. And um, I think the. Detroit defense, you know, showed its potential with Nick Mullins throwing four interceptions for the Vikings. Um, you know, four interception day. That's that's insane. But I mean, I think uh, they, like that. And then you know, but Justin Jefferson coming back, six receptions, 141 yards and a touchdown. Great stat line for him. Um, Saint Brown had a had a yards receiving as well. well. Um, so yeah, man, I mean, this is, this is a pretty good game for me. And, um, you know, I think, you know, like when I was looking back at all of the games from this past Christmas weekend. Um, there was, uh, there was a few that were pretty good, but I felt Detroit, Minnesota was, uh, the best for me personally.
0: All right. Christian, what was your game of the week for Christmas weekend? So this was surprising
2: because... On Christmas Day, we previewed one game that was actually turned out to be a blowout. But this other Christmas Day matchup got competitive towards the end. I would have to go Giants and Philadelphia Eagles. Now, early in this game, Philadelphia looked like Philadelphia. Their offense looked very good. Defense just made Tommy DeVito feel very uncomfortable. And in a 20-3 halftime score... You know we're all hanging out with family members, and I'm thinking, okay, Philly has this in the bag; they're gonna do just fine. Brian Dable, remember, like everybody loves Tommy DeVito; everybody loves him. But you know, Tommy played not so good. I mean, his stat line for the day kind of speaks for itself. I mean, he was not a 16, 55 yards, had a rating of 63, QBR of 14. He was absolutely terrible, right? And Tyrod Taylor had to come in into the second half and like make their offense better. Remember when Tyrod played after Danny Dimes got hurt, after Danny Jones got hurt, the offense kind of seemed to work. Heck, they almost they almost won a game in Orchard Park against the Buffalo Bills, and that game was fourteen to nine. So Tyrod Taylor, you know, he makes you know this offense look you know, compatible right now. And this quarterback situation in New York is insane. They paid Danny, you know, Danny Jones a lot of money. Tyrod Taylor is a great veteran. Everyone's hyped on Tommy DeVito, but no one really has a vision for what this team could be in the future. They are eliminated from the playoffs, so they are going to, you know, really look into what is next for the team. But they, you know, they came back and almost won this game. And, heck, a couple, you know, no calls that could have been pass interference. Not going to say if it was or not. But, you know, evidence kind of shows they may have missed one. Who knows? But, I mean, New York, Tyrod Taylor was close, upsetting Philadelphia on Christmas Day and getting a nice little present. Now, with this win, obviously – I don't know how, you know, helpful it would be to get into uh, the playoffs because they do play Philadelphia, you know, in a couple weeks anyway to end the season, but you know, for Philadelphia, they got away with one. New York with Tyrod, they probably should keep him on the roster as a great veteran, and a great backup because it makes their offense look somewhat decent.
0: All right. Thank you Christian for that. Two player of the week we go starting with Dalton. Who was your player of the week for week 16?
1: My player of the week, and I think you know, if we were watching in the one o'clock window, I think this one was a no-brainer, maybe, but I think you can you can you can you know you can also make the argument for some other players? I'm gonna go with this man, a Mari Cooper, who had eleven receptions for 265 yards and two touchdowns against the Texans. Um, it was Flacco to Cooper all seems and- like. And Cooper just had himself a day. I mean, he he actually I was looking at a statistic that he is like one of the few, if not the only, to have a two hundred yard receiver for three. Um And, you know, actually, like, he – yeah, so he joined T.O. as the only wide receivers to have 200-yard receiving games for three different franchises. And, you know, I think it's just insane because, you know, we don't think of Amari Cooper as, like, this big, like, outspoken, like, dog on the outside. Like, he he is really a – a number one wide right receiver, but he just you know keeps to himself. It seems like he just goes in, he just goes in, does his work, and um, you know just does his job well, and you know uh, gets it done. Uh, and so you know you, you've gotta, you, you've got to you've got to give him his flowers for that. And what a what a what an absolute clinic he he put on the Houston Texans defense this past weekend. Him and Joe Flacco together are just. You know, slicing and dicing, dishing and swishing. Um, And so, yeah, I think that my my player of the week uh, was definitely was definitely Cooper for his uh, performance this past Sunday.
0: All right, Christian, who was your player of the week this past weekend?
2: So it wasn't from a statistical uh,
0: standpoint, but
2: I think his performance really did help the team. Uh, kind of stay alive in the playoff mix in the AFC. I'm going to go a little Christmas favorite. I'm going to go Mason Rudolph, the red nose reindeer, red nose quarterback, I should say. Uh, I'm absolutely thinking that was by, and by the way, that was Spencer who actually made <laughs> that term up, and I actually laughed my ass off seeing that. Uh, but Rudolph, the red nose quarterback. Thank you, Spencer, for the little. You're welcome, buddy. There. Uh, I think Mason is my player of the week. And look, he didn't have like a tremendous performance. He had two, he, you know, threw for over 290 yards, two touchdowns. He played great. And I really do think he put this energy in the room that makes the team believe, like, okay, we'll back this guy up. Now, remember, this is the same guy who got freaking walloped by Miles Garrett with his own helmet back a couple years ago uh, on a night game, I don't know if it was a Sunday night, Thursday night, or Monday night game. Thursday night. It was a Thursday night, okay. He got walloped in Pittsburgh and got freaking just smashed in the head with his own helmet and, like, that became the meme of Mason Rudolph, right? And during that time, he wasn't really that good and a lot of people were like, who the heck is this guy? They obviously go to Kenny Pickett later on down the line but, you know, the team really did trust that you know Mason Rudolph was going to help this team really win. Um, also, George Pickens had a hell of a day with four catches, 195 yards, and two touchdowns. I mean, I guess he thought today he didn't want to get hurt. That's just you know he he you know didn't want to get injured in those four catches. So you know he played a hell of a game. But I think my player of the week goes to Mason Rudolph even though it is a long stretch for Pittsburgh at the moment, trying to get back in the playoffs, obviously losing terrible games like uh, Arizona and New England back-to-back at home and also um, getting blown out by the Colts is not going to help their case out. They are number nine right now. They do need a lot to happen. Buffalo, Indy, and Houston all somehow lose out but with the Colts and Texans. They play each other in uh, not this week, but the next week. So that's going to be one heck of a game, probably. Probably Sunday Night Football, honestly. Uh, But they need a lot of help to get into the playoffs at this point. But for Mason Rudolph's performance, it keeps them alive.
0: All right. For me, I'm going to go on the defensive side of the ball for my player of the week. And it is Kyle Hamilton, the second-year safety Baltimore, the former Notre Dame product. Uh he had not one but two interceptions, both in the first half. Uh two of the four interceptions that Brock Purdy threw on Christmas Day. Not a good Christmas for the Purdy family. Uh with that he had the one early in the game where it's tied it's you know tied to zero. San Fran's driving and those intended for Devo Samuel, but Hamilton jumps the route, picks it off. Uh then later in the half, um, They throw the ball intended for George Kittle. Hamilton's right there. He intercepts the football, and he's all over the field. Like, he was that safety at Notre Dame his last year. Like, I go back to the Florida State game he played uh, where he's going across the field to get a pass, break, or an interception. Um, He has just been a ball hawk, even though he only has four on his career for the NFL. Like, he was a studded Notre Dame. I was happy the Ravens picked him up. Um, and that was a pick where I was like, okay, this pick's going to work out for Baltimore. He is, you know, at the time, the number one safety in that draft class, kind of far and away, that pick. It's worked out for Baltimore so far. He had, like I said, two interceptions on Christmas Day. Baltimore, uh, again, the score looks a lot close because of a late touchdown. But they they blew out San Francisco. It was 33 to uh, to. 12 at one point. And then, like I said, there was a touchdown in the fourth quarter, kind of garbage time. Sam Donaldson cuts it at 33-19. But Baltimore far away the San for support hours. And part of this is the defense, and that's why Kyle Hamilton, he is my player of the week. Next up, we go to uh, most impressive team, starting with Christian. Christian, who was your most impressive team for Christmas weekend? I mean – I, I don't know if I really want to count them just because of all
2: the stuff that's been going on and really how close this game was and how bad the offense was. I got to go with the Las Vegas Raiders. Look, Las Vegas is probably not going to get into the playoffs, uh, even though <clears throat> they are still statistically like in the hunt and they are uh, two games out. It like it's a lot of things need to happen. Kansas City losing out, um, which is going to be to the Chargers and the Bengals. Don't know. Uh, Kansas City is going to be favored in both those games. Don't know if they're going to lose both of those. But their offense looked absolute trash. Hell, the last completion, get this stat, the last pass completion that Aiden O Aiden O'Connell had was back in the first quarter. So. That, that is awful, where three whole quarters, you can't even get a single pass done. And the reason that the Raiders won this game and upset the Kansas City Chiefs, back-to-back defensive touchdowns for the Raiders' defense. I mean, that is that is unheard of. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes, you know, throwing a pick six and then having a fumble recovery touchdown, it's, it is is absurd, and we're seeing the Chiefs' franchise kind of die right before our eyes, right and this we all thought the Chiefs are going to be the superpower supernova they were going to take a little step back I think I had them as my third behind Baltimore and Buffalo but like this this is not a team that should not have their division by now nor a playoff spot there is a potential where Chris Collinsworth is going to absolutely kill the NFL media, and how does how does his best player Patrick Mahomes, who we compare every single quarterback to, like how is he not going to be in the playoffs somehow? There's potential. Them losing now, and a whole bunch of teams somehow getting upsets, like Kansas City being nine and seven at this point. Excuse me, nine and six, and losing to the Raiders on Christmas when we all kind of thought. Kansas City would have this game against the Raiders and possibly win out for the rest of the year, they are somehow not, you know, their division title less, and also they don't have a playoff berth at the moment. So crazy times in uh, Kansas City, but for the Raiders keeping their team alive, even though their offense looks just trash, it's awesome for Raiders and a great gift on Christmas
0: Day. All right. Thank you. For that, for me, it's going to be a team that I underrated the hell out of last week. Uh, not on the pod, just in my life, was the Atlanta Falcons that took on the Colts. I saw the line, and they were actually the Col- the Falcons were two and a half point favorites. And when I saw it, I was like, "How are they favored? Like this Falcons team is not a very... I mean, the record basically otherwise they're decent, I guess, but they're not a good football team." They're making another quarterback change. They're going to Taylor Heineke, um, and they just you know they won twenty nine ten again. Not an impressive, like showing necessarily. Um, like Tyler Algier had a touchdown. Taylor Heineke had a touchdown. Uh, Youngway Koo just dominant in the kicking game. Five of five on field goals, um, and then two two on the extra points. So like Youngway Koo was the star of this game, uh, but they they won twenty nine to ten. I guess a Colts team that is still playoff bound. They're the seven seed. Uh, if the season ended today, in the playoffs. And this Falcons team, you're not going anywhere. I guess, like, technically you're alive in the division race uh, because you're only a game back at Tampa Bay with two to go. There's a chance you can make the playoffs. But there are again Falcons, I'm not convinced they're a good football team. Arthur Smith may be coaching for his job the next two weeks. I don't know what the internal discussions are in Atlanta. It's just kind of outside speculation. He could be coaching for his job if they fumble this uh season because the division is so winnable. Um and the Colts I feel like they had a missed opportunity here. Uh just giving you a Jacksonville loss, Houston loss. Like you had a chance to be like the Buccaneers in the sense in the in the NFC South, whereas you could have gone up a game with two games to go. And we've seen the Colts collapse in the past few years when you had, you know, just win it out and you're in, your end and then they blew it feel like the Carson Wentz here. But like you're the Colts, you had a chance with Gardner Minshew to do something, and solidify, you know, at least the odds would be in your favor to make the playoffs. And right now, Jacksonville currently has a tiebreaker. Okay, it's gonna unfold the next two weeks how they unfold. But I just feel like it was a missed opportunity for the Colts. So Atlanta, them going in and getting the win and keeping their playoff hopes alive, that is my most impressive team this week because they did it with literally no offense. Um, but that's uh, that's my most impressive. Dalton, who was your most impressive team this week?
1: My most impressive team, uh, I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, I, I, you know, I think that it's because the Jags were coming in on the road. You know, again, like on the road, quotations, you had to go just across the state of Florida. But regardless, they were playing in a, a stadium that was Tampa Bay's and, you uh, know, I think you you know give them give them a little bit of credit here. I think they did a great job of basically shutting down the Jaguars, um, and getting their fourth straight win. They're 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 getting hot right now, and I think at the right time. And um, you know they're all playing well. Baker Mayfield's playing well. Mike Evans, the whole the whole the whole gang, and so you know that's good to see for them and you know the Buccaneers still have a game up on the rest of their uh, counterparts within the division um, so it's gonna be interesting to see how it plays out but you know like Spencer said the, with the Falcons then winning that, the, the, that game against the Colts uh, with virtually no offense it's gonna be, be you know interesting to see how these two teams will finish the season and um, the Bucks are, you know, they're 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 flying high right now. So I don't I don't think a lot of faith is being put into the Falcons. That's coming from a guy like me who picked them to win the division before the year started. Um, but I, I think you know the Buccaneers beating the Jags at home this week, when the Jags have proven all season that they're a better road team than home team, uh, is uh, pretty impressive for me.
0: All To right. least impressive, we go. And I, I, you know, I'm picking the Chiefs. I thought about, you know, there's a couple of teams I could have thought about uh, picking, but like Christian to the Raiders, they didn't not completely pass it after the first quarter, and can't say they not overcome that. Because um, so Mahomes threw a couple awful, like, technically one awful interception. We uh, had the, you know, there was a direct set to Pacheco that was fumbled and picked up in return for the Raiders. Like the Raiders' defense was top notch, and again. That's been the thing all season with the Chiefs is that the Mahomes he has no receivers they can really trust outside of really Kelsey and you know most of the time Rasheem Rice, um, but like no receiver in the, had more than fifty seven yards as she Rice, and it's that's the story all season is like can't say the receiving core is not good, he again yeah, but there's one one that scores was on a direct set to Pacheco, and he he found the edge and scored. Um, that, that's like, if you're Kansas City and Brett Leach and company, um, just go and get receivers in the off season, whether it be free agency, whether it be the draft, do both, just pick up a good signing in the off season. And that's what you need to do this off season is get a receiver. So that's my message to Kansas City. That's why I'm not a GM. Uh, but yeah, they're my least impressive. They did next to nothing. At all, and you had a, yeah, Justin Watson had a late touchdown They cut it down to six, but most of the game, you're playing behind two scores to just an awful Raiders team, who by the way, has an interim coach, like you lost to an interim coach, Super Bowl champion Andy Reid, um, so the Raiders, like, like Christian just said, the Raiders technically have a chance to make the playoffs, it appears real unlikely, but it's still a possibility right now. Don, I think I know where you're going with this, but who was your least impressive this weekend?
1: Spins. Where do you think I'm going with this? I
0: think, I think we, a all, team I think we all know. It is a uh, the team that plays in Santa Clara, California.
1: Okay, you're right. It is. And look, it's not because I'm a hater.
0: Okay,
2: no, no, no I would have picked them. Come cut the bull crap. You're a little bit of a. Okay,
1: hater. okay, a, a a a small percentage of it is because I have to play them. Well, my team plays them twice a year, so. Division rival, I can't stand them. But also, this was pretty bad, guys. I mean this was this was not what I expected. I did not expect this at all. I mean you're talking about a San Francisco team that people were raving about. Raving. Brock Purdy this and Debo that and McCaffrey this and Kittle that and Kyle Shanahan and they are just mmm. Popping on every single level. The Ravens went in there and made a, a complete mockery of the entire 49ers team. I mean, they really did. I couldn't believe what I was watching on my television as, you know, the 49ers took a two to nothing lead because Lamar Jackson got tripped over a ref in the end zone. And then after that, they score a field goal. So it's five to three at the end of the first quarter. And then the Ravens just completely shut it down. From quarters two to four, the 49ers scored 14 points. From two to four, the Ravens scored, you know, 30. And so, you know, the Ravens are absolutely insane. You know, I think Spencer, you mentioned Kyle Hamilton as your player of the week, he was balling. Um, that that defense was balling. Jadavion Clowney that they have off, uh, uh, you know, uh, coming off the edge, Smith and Queen in the middle, um, Lamar Jackson uh, from the offensive side. Um, you're talking about a guy who did not turn the ball over. Um, seven carries for 45 yards, 252 yards uh, passing. Zay Flowers, what a find! Christian loves Zay Flowers. Nine receptions, 72 yards and a touchdown. But from the 49ers' aspect, look, guys, it's not, it's not like they couldn't get yards. Because they could. Kittle had seven receptions for 126 yards. Um, and also, Brandon Iyuk, six receptions for 113. McCaffrey had over 100 yards rushing. So it's not like they couldn't move up and down the field. But it's just, Purdy kept turning the ball over. He kept turning the ball over. They got away from the run. 14 carries from McCaffrey. You're talking about a guy who most people, even Vegas, Vegas has him in the MVP running, top three at least, top three or four. And you're giving this guy who's an MVP candidate 14 carries, and you're going to trust Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy, who throws no touchdown passes, by the way, and four interceptions? This is against the same defense Matt Stafford carved up for – Two, 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 two passing touchdowns, three passing touchdowns, no interceptions. And look, I hate to bring that game up because, God, I'd like to forget that game because of a special teams miscue. But still, you're talking about 49ers team in perfect in perfect conditions at home. The Ravens had to go cross-country across you know, all of the time zones and play over there in the night game, and they just made quick work of them. I mean, it didn't seem like the 49ers were in the same stratosphere as the Baltimore Ravens. And maybe it's because the the Ravens are just that much better of a football team. But I don't know. I mean, I that's I mean, that was pretty much my thoughts on the game. And look, we know that quarterbacks are entitled to a few bad games. I know that my quarterback, Matthew Stafford, has that has had his fair share of bad games. But when you're in prime time like that and the lights are shining down brighter than ever and you don't come to play essentially that's going to that's that you know that that hurts just a smidge. Now, do I think that the 49ers are going to come back next week and beat the crap out of the Commanders? Absolutely. Absolutely. They they they're too talented not to. I mean, you're talking about a team who just this season alone has traded and tried to sign, you know, pretty much like every single defensive lineman out there. Just today they signed uh, Sebastian Joseph Day, who won the Super Bowl with the Rams in 21. Um, training for Chase Young, picking up, uh, what's his name from Denver? Uh, Gregory. Gregory. Um, they are they the uh, 49ers are a stacked roster and John Lynch and Kyle Shannon have done a great job of making sure that they're one of the one of, if not the best roster in the NFL trying to compete for a championship but let's also not get it twisted you're talking about these two people started with this franchise in 2017 have had arguably the best roster in the NFL for since mm, let's let's be let's be a little Uh, 2018 2019 when they you know uh, got to the Super Bowl in 2019 2018 that a pretty good year they have not won a Lombardi at all and I, I you know it's a difficult conversation to have we should we should start having it because you know I think and this is I've got buddies who are 49er fans and they tell me all the time dude I would much rather you have the nine regular season wins than you have the Lombardi. And I'm like, dude, I can't blame you there. I really can't blame you there. They, they know that this team is stacked. They know that they have a great roster. But there's unfulfilled potential. And this could be a Super Bowl preview. Sure, it could be. It could be. And I still think the Ravens will win that game, too and it's it's nothing against the 49ers i just think the ravens are a better team and i said that last week on the pod that's why i picked them to win the game and you know i think you know we we we, we we've seen it happen on live television and you know i think Purdy does bounce back next week i i i, I really think he does um Uh, But, you know, that was, you know, kind of least impressive for me is that, you know, the fact that the Ravens blew them out on the road. And, you know, the Ravens have proven to be a good road team this year, but also the 49ers were pretty good at home. Um, Before this loss, they had only lost one time at home this season. So, you know, I I really thought that it was going to be a closer game than it was. But, you know, 49ers were just not that impressive to me.
0: That right, was a, totally a stinker performance for them. So, I, like I said, I agree with you. If I hadn't picked uh, Hamilton for player of the game or player of the Week, I probably would have also – like, I agree with your points there completely. They absolutely agree. They were one of the worst performances this past weekend. Uh, Christian, who was your least impressive performance this past weekend? So, I'm going to do a little cop-out,
2: honestly, because we've all talked about these games. But my least impressive – I'm just going to say the NFC contenders because even though Philadelphia won their game against the Giants, that is a game that should not be that close. If you're Philadelphia, yeah, 17-point lead in the first half, New York comes back against you guys, hell, a touchdown and a two-point conversion away from tying the game, putting it in overtime. Maybe win, maybe loss. Dallas losing to Miami? Dallas is not the good road team. They're undefeated at home, but they're 3-5 and on the road. And one of those losses, let's just remind everybody, one of the losses was in week three when they lost to the Cardinals. The Cardinals, who are going to possibly draft a quarterback. Who knows what their situation is? If they won, and guess who the quarterback was? Was Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs beat Dallas. Are you kidding me? So Dallas being super unimpressive, losing on the road, you got Philadelphia. Dalton had a great run against San Francisco. Detroit, they beat Minnesota, but I mean, should it be that close with Nick Frickin' Mullins? Really? Should have been that close with him? Absolutely not. And then not gonna mention Tampa Bay just because I don't think they're a contender. They're they're going to probably win their division, right? More than likely they'll win their division. They're odds on favorite. But nobody really sees them beating whether it's Dallas or Philadelphia, the second best team in the NFC East, right? Whoever's the five seed. I'm I wouldn't predict Uh, Tampa to win that game even though Baker and that defense has been really impressive that's you know shocking all of us right Rams are playing hot football I just don't think they're contender Seattle's in the conversation but quarterback injuries and issues with Geno and you know do you trust Drew Locke you know from a day to day basis or week to week excuse me I don't know The, the NFC to me, is wide open, but it doesn't seem the favorite. Right? We can say the same thing about the AFC, and Baltimore, you know, they've had three losses. They've had their share of games. Lost to a no-offense Pittsburgh team uh, earlier in the season. Right? They've had a couple stinkers, but Baltimore only seems like they, they know what they're getting themselves into. They are the better team at the moment. So... I mean, with the NFC, they they were just not impressive this weekend. And I don't know if the Super Bowl champion is going to be a part of the NFC. So that's my least impressive.
0: All right. Thank you for that. To biggest surprise we go, starting with Dalton. Dalton, what's your biggest surprise of the weekend?
1: My biggest surprise was the fact that, you know, some of these – teams I think you know specifically let's go with uh, the Colts Um, just not taking care of business just not when you're when you've got to win that you're just you're just not doing what you're supposed to be doing and I think you know let's just you know some of the like Denver another one like Spence great win for you but it's just like some of these teams in playoff contention, it, it, you know, it, it you know, it just it doesn't they they've you know, it's feels like you know, whether they've hit a bump in the road or like maybe they just caught a you know, bad week or something like that. But it teams that they're supposed to that you, you 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 know, like you would think, you know, spend some offense to your team, but like The Broncos had no business losing that football game. I mean, no business. The Patriots have been virtually bad all season. And the Broncos have playoff aspirations and are pretty much in the hunt. I mean, you're talking about you win this game. You're 8-7 and going in with two weeks left. And you're very much in the playoff race. Very much. Probably in the thick of it. And with the Colts, same thing. I mean, we talking about we talking about um the Colts and the Falcons earlier. Colts putting up ten points? Are you kidding me? Against like an Arthur Smith led Falcons team that has shown to be more Jekyll and Hyde than most other ball clubs this season? Like what? Um Yeah, I mean, look, this is this is like the kind of stuff like when push comes to shove. It's either, you know, put up or shut up time. Some of these, some of these ball clubs are shutting up and it's not great to see. And, and, you know, I just, which honestly makes for these next two weeks to be a little bit more interesting now that some of these teams have lost this week, meaning that they really need to come out and, and win the next two weeks in order to get in, um, well, yeah. I mean, that was kind of my biggest surprise. Is like, with three, with 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 three weeks to go, it, it's like, hey, man, this is it's 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 go time. Like, if we're gonna do this, we're gonna do it, and we got to go now. And some teams just didn't get it
0: done this week. All right, Christian, what was your biggest surprise of this past weekend? I
2: mean, I think my biggest
0: surprise
2: is that a lot of teams are still technically alive. And I don't, I can't recall how many teams were alive at this certain point. But, I mean, you have, you still have 12 teams alive in each conference at this point. Even though these, a lot of these are long shots, right? Chicago still has an absolute chance that, you know, they're probably going to be out, you know, after next week. New Orleans, with their game against Tampa Bay that we are going to preview later on. They lose, they're out of the contention, right? Green Bay, Atlanta, same thing. Denver, Las Vegas, Cincinnati, Pitt. I mean, I don't feel like the last couple of years there's there's been as much teams in the hunt as much as there is right now. You like conference winners or your division winners usually are wrapping up right now. We know who's gonna be, you know, hosting a playoff game. We at least have an idea of who the number one seeds are. Heck, even though Baltimore is favored to get the number one seed, they still got to play Miami, another game we'll preview, that has number one seed implications. The NFC is technically still open for number one seed. So I just think my biggest surprise right now is that going into week 17, now there is a week 18, we understand that, a week 17, there's still so many teams still vying for a playoff spot, and it's making the NFL a lot more interesting.
0: Oh, I agree with you. I think I saw some the most since like 2,000 that we've had this many teams still alive. And I think you know the advent of the extra game and extra playoff spot definitely, I think, leads to that. But, yeah, it's still, that's very impressive. For me, my biggest surprise, it's Jacksonville. Like, the way they've just gone the last few weeks, you know, they've lost four straight games where it seemed like the division, it was theirs to lose. And now you got, like, Houston and Indianapolis still technically alive for the division. And this is, you know, last year, the reverse happened to Jacksonville. They were sitting 4-8 and eight on December 4th. Uh, they got blasted by the Detroit Lions. They then went five straight, including a Week 18 game, against the Titans that sealed the division because the Titans were still playing uh, for the playoff spot. Also, a little-known fact, or maybe you forgot about this, Josh Dobbs started that game for the Titans that day in Week 18 with the division on the line, Uh, everyone's favorite quarterback or ex-favorite quarterback, depending on how you view that. But, yeah, Jacksonville last year, they were the team that had the division, seemed like they were left for dead. Then they rallied, won the division. This year, the inverse is happening where – You know, like I said, they were sitting pretty comfortably at 8-3. and They have now lost four straight. And again, they get lucky with Carolina next week. But the way they're playing, who knows if Carolina Carolina might win that game outright. And then they played Tennessee last week of the season for the second straight year, which is a really weird scheduling quirk. I thought they'd try to rotate that. Uh, But nonetheless, like, if you told me Jacksonville lost these next two games, it would be again, I don't think that's the case, but it would not be totally shocking. Just given this collapse we've seen with Jacksonville, where like again, they may win the division and Doug Pierce has done a great job turning that around from the the failure of the Urban Meyer tenure that luckily only lasted a few months. But like Jacksonville, I just that's I just was not expecting them to do the opposite of last year, where they might be the ones collapsing Because you lost to a Bengals and a Browns team that doesn't have their starting quarterback. And a Ravens team that's led by the MVP, potentially. Um, And you got blasted by a Buccaneers team that's, you know, they're fine, but they're not great. And so that's just my biggest surprise that that's happening to a Jaguars team just one year later. Um, But anyway, that is our Week 16 recap. Hope you all had a great Christmas. Now to Week 17 we go. Games that will be played on Again, there's no Monday night football game this week. Uh, There is a Saturday night football game um, on ABC. That's where we'll start things off. Lions and Cowboys on a special Saturday edition of Monday night football. Uh, I think is how they're technically terming that. So if you want to go with the underdog strategy of, you know, the underdogs winning Monday night football games, and we can just call it the ABC ESPN games, you know, games that Buck and Aikman are calling. The underdog is winning these games then you might want to lean towards Detroit because Dallas currently six-point favorites uh as of the time of the recording. But Lions, Cowboys, both teams uh technically alive for the one seed in the NFC. Uh while it does not appear likely, just given you know San Francisco exists and Philadelphia exists. Um yeah, both like I said both these teams still technically can win the uh win the NFC one seed and get that bye. I think we're in for a tremendous showing, offensively speaking. You you know, Goff and Prescott, whatever you view those guys, they've been getting it done this year. Uh, and it's part because of the receiving core they have. Amar, Amar Ross St. Brown for the Lions. CeeDee Lamb for the Cowboys. They've been getting it done every single week. It's, you can almost bank on CeeDee Lamb finding the end zone at least once a contest. Um, he's done, he he has nine, but you could just, like I said, he scores almost every game, it seems. Um, I'm going to look at or a fascinating game. There, cannot wait to see how this game transpires. And Detroit, like they have the, you know, their first goal. Like, if you're an NFL team, you set goals preseason. You know, win the division, get the one seat, get a bye, whatever you want to set. And then you, so you got, you know, take steps to get there. They've already crossed off that goal to win the division. That is done. I expect Dan Campbell had these guys fired up to get back in action because again, just t- you gotta tell your team. You can still get the one seed. It's not, again. you're not going to get it if you lose a game. And you may not, you may win out and not get the one seed anyway. But he's going to have those guys fired up in that locker room. I know he will. In Dallas, it's, you know, bounce back. You've lost now two straight games, two different fashions, getting blown out by Buffalo and losing on a last-second field goal to Miami. Uh, If you're McCarthy, again, you win 10 games, but, again, the division is still on the line. While you don't control your own destiny in the division, you still gotta you know put yourself in that position to get there because Dallas is likely the five c depending on what, how it plays out. Um, so I'm just fascinated to see how these two teams play because these two teams, uh, you know, th- again they'll both be they'll they'll both already have clinched playoff spots there, and I expect at least one of these teams to be playing the second weekend of the uh, the NFL playoffs. So. I'm looking forward to seeing how this game unfolds. Dolan, what are you looking forward to with the lions and the Cowboys on Saturday night?
1: I, I really think it, this is something that specifically I, 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 I think, I think like, the, you know, like if I had to pinpoint one player, I, I, I think that this comes down to Jared Goff. Um, Jared Goff has, is, is no stranger to the Cowboys guys. I mean, he's, so he played three times with the Rams against the Cowboys. And then last season, he played the Cowboys in Dallas and did not have a great game. He threw no touchdown passes and two interceptions and had five sacks. Um, and so I think this could be an interesting redemption game for Jared Goff in a season that Detroit has proved to be one of the top dogs in the – the, uh, uh, the conference, but also on the flip side, the Cowboys haven't lost at home. They're they're, they're 7-0 and and are virtually a different team at home than they are on the road. We, 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 we knew that already. I'm interested to see what gives here. Are the Lions going to be able to do what they do, running the football with their two-headed monster with David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs? Um, is St. Brown, Josh Reynolds, um, that receiving core, are they going to be able to thrive? Jared Goff, is he going to redeem himself from last season and get this win? I, I don't know. What about Dak Prescott? What about the Cowboys? You're talking about two straight losses, both on the road. They're coming back to Dallas where they're basically a different team, and you know, I think this is going to be interesting to see. CD Lamb is having his way. Detroit is giving up. You know, a lot of points, um, just in their standing or their division alone, guys. They've given up the most points of Minnesota, Green Bay, Chicago, and themselves and uh, Detroit themselves with three hundred fifty-five. So you can score on Detroit. So, you know, is Detroit going to keep? The Cowboys out of the end zone, and are the Lions going to be able to redeem themselves from last year? Cowboys are six point favors. Spencer mentioned that earlier. I don't know. I mean, I think you know something's got to give here, and this is the last home game. Uh, this is one of, if not, I think the home game for the Cowboys. You know they could go undefeated at home this season, or Detroit could play spoiler and give them that one loss. So we'll 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 see what happens.
0: All right, Christian, what are you looking forward to on a Saturday night football for Cowboys and Lions?
2: Uh, for Detroit, you know they when they play a Dean quote superpower or contender in uh in the in the regular season this year, they haven't really shown up. I mean. Look, I I like the Lions. I picked them to win, uh, you know, the division. When they played Kansas City, they just won by one, and really that one was a pick six by, uh, uh, shoot, Brian Branch. So pick six, you know, to win the game for Brian Branch. You know, losing to Seattle early, uh, you know, close game against Tampa Bay, got killed against Baltimore, right? And really since then, they haven't played – a top contender uh, who we all think like, oh, they can actually get to the playoffs and maybe even make a run. And, you know, they play the Saints, Bears, Vikings, Packers, oh my, they're, they're not, you know, playing the toughest of the tough teams. So going up against, you know, a team that's still alive for the NFC East title, there's going to be a lot on the line for that. And Dallas actually has a shot, for the number one seed, you know, but that has to have San Francisco lose out their next two games, which do, I do not see that happening. So for the Dallas Cowboys, or for Dallas, yes, they they really need to bounce back after Miami. Two times the one-yard line, could not punch it in, having turnovers, that cannot happen. And also Miami won by five field goals. But, like, think about that. They're, they only got one touchdown I have field goals, and that's what Dallas lost to, right? So their defense, they didn't break a ton. They really didn't. That offense just could not get anything going against a Dolphins defense I wouldn't think is that impressive, honestly. But how is Dallas going to bounce back? How is Dak going to get his team, rile the troops up? Because they're going to the playoffs no matter what, but it, it, you know a lot needs to happen for them having a home playoff game, which they have been undefeated, they've been very good at home, or going on a road against whoever the NFC South winner is, Tampa or Atlanta, long shot New Orleans, right? So it, it's going to be, you know, Dallas is a more of a must win than the Lions because the Lions have a home game no matter what. So Dallas, I think they're going to be more aggravated to get back on track and try to win uh, the NFC East with the top record that they have over Philadelphia.
0: All right. Thank you Christian, uh, for that to the picks. We go and I, I'm going to rather wait, wait, I tried last week getting a little fancy and going against the trend and went with San Francisco to beat Baltimore knowing the evidence last week. I'm not going to be full twice. And maybe this is the week I am wrong again. It would not be the first time. I have a sub-500 record picking this season anyway. Um, but I'm going to Detroit I think, like I laid out when I was previewing this game, Dan Campbell's going to have these guys fired up. Jared Goff's going to go to Dallas. And, you know, D- Jared Goff, David Montgomery, Amon Ross, St. Brown, they're going to be fired up to potentially get the one seed, also be a Dallas team that just, like when you said, outside of being Philadelphia, they have not beat any good teams this year. It's it's a fool's goal 10 win season. And again, 10 wins is impressive. I'm not trying to, you can only play, you can only play who's on your schedule. But we called this out first two weeks of the season. Then when they outscored the state of New Jersey 70 to 10, it's like, okay, they're tearing open who they beat. It's nobody, then they lose a stinker every game to the Cardinals. You beat a banged up, like an awful Patriots team that we now know. Like they have, again, like they said, you can only play who's on your schedule. You have a win in Seattle and you. You know, a blew out the Eagles. Those are your two impressive wins. You've now had two straight stinkers, and I think you're going to have a third straight loss here. That's how I see the schedule unfolding. Give me Detroit on Saturday. Dolan, who do you see winning this game?
1: I'm right with you, Spence. I'm going to go with Detroit, and maybe it's because of my selfish ways that I wanted to get the one seed, but I just, I, you know, the Cowboys, you know, it, all good things come to a, come to an end at some point, and I really don't think that they go undefeated at home this season. I think that this is going to be their one loss. And it's going to come to the Detroit Lions, who, by the way, are one win above the Cowboys and have been playing better football up until this point um, because of the points that you all mentioned earlier. Um, and so, yeah, give me the Lions uh, to cover, cover that uh, spread.
0: All right. Christian, how do you see
2: this game unfolding? Man, I like being the lone soldier. I got Dallas. Uh, I think Dallas is because, look, teams just play different at home. We've seen it in college. We see it in the pros. They're, for whatever reason, some teams are just very – or much more comfortable playing at home than they are in the road, right? And, look, you know, we all talk about Dallas hasn't played anybody. Detroit really hasn't either. Like I said, the only, like, true team that's going to the playoffs that they have played has been Baltimore in the last several weeks. And they got killed by Baltimore, in Baltimore. So, I don't really trust Dan Campbell, you know, with this roster yet to make a run for it, right? This defense, like I mentioned, they had, you know, I think it was three 50-plus-yard field goals which is hard for a lot of kickers, but not for Miami's to to hit, right? So I mean, if you know two of those don't fall, right? Dallas wins in Miami in a close game, and it's probably like twenty to sixteen, right? Yeah, twenty to sixteen at that point. So I'm not buying in that Dallas can't get the job done. It's just their offense has to step up. In Detroit's offense, they you know they allowed twenty four against Nick frickin' Mullins. They, you know, Jordan Love beat them. And I think Jordan Love is uh, not in the same category as Dak Prescott. So, I think Mike McCarthy in this offense is going to play a ton better with Detroit coming in Saturday night. So, I got Dallas.
0: All right. So, thank you for that. Next up, another marquee matchup. Dolphins taking on the Ravens. This is going to be Sunday, New Year's Eve. At one o'clock, um, and this game's played in Baltimore, and I think we're in for another great match. At Baltimore red hot right now, coming in at twelve and three. Miami, they've again, they've won a lot of games too. They are eleven and four. Winner of this game will take the one seed at least for the time being, um, and probably again not officially clinching. Well, Baltimore they will officially clinch if they win. Miami, if they win the next two. Then I think they, they would have the one seed that they if they go win out because they had the tiebreaker for Baltimore. So winner of this game will at least for the time being get the one seed. Baltimore clinches. Miami all but clinches the one seed what they win here. So both teams, I think they could come out firing. Uh, because Miami, again, as of now, they still have yet to clinch the division. Um, just because they play Buffalo in the final game of the regular season. And depending on the outcome of that game, again, they lost to Buffalo earlier this year. I think I may have spoke earlier. Instead, they had won. So Buffalo has a chance to sweep the Dolphins uh, next week. So if Miami uh, is to lose this game, Buffalo, Buffalo can start take the division. Um, so depending on how Buffalo does with the Patriots team, they also lost to earlier this season. So that division not yet clinched for Miami. And technically, Baltimore not yet clinched the division. But both teams are going to win, and you clinch the division's scenario. So I look for both teams to come out firing on all cylinders here. Um, I think if I had to say how this game is going to go, I'd say kind of like Miami-Dallas last week, where it's a little bit of a low-scoring affair. And it comes down to last second, either Justin Tucker, Jason Sanders, Phil go. Um, but Lamar, he is trying to edge out the MVP race right now. Because uh, he's got 19 touchdowns through the air, five on the ground, which it's really weird because, like, those numbers don't necessarily jump out at you Uh, when you see it. But when you watch the games play, like, Lamar just does everything. And it's uh, fun to watch. Zay Flowers, one of the top rookie receivers in the NFL this season. And Tyreek Hill, are going to be one of the best receivers in the NFL, period, Uh, with his 12 touchdowns. I think the quest for 2,000 is not going to be there because he's missed a couple games. Uh, but I look for Tyreek to have a fantastic game. Uh, maybe not the type of game like Cooper had last week where it's 200-plus yards and a couple touchdowns. But again, I think offenses, they're going to be flying left and right here. Uh, and you know the speed of Miami. It's Can Baltimore keep up with that? And I think, you know, you put Kyle Hamilton, you double him up all with a quarterback on a guy like Tyreek Hill. I think you can hold him in check for at least three quarters, probably the entire game, because Tyreek's just Tyreek. But I think the thing is, I trust in the Baltimore to try to scheme up ways to slow down this, you know, very speed-happy Miami team. And I expect Mike McDonald to do the opposite, try to counter that punch there. So I think we're going to be in for an interesting coaching matchup here with McDaniel and Harbaugh going head-to-head. Dalton, what are you looking forward to with the Dolphins and the Ravens' battle for the AFC one seed?
1: I am really looking forward to seeing if the Ravens can keep their hot streak. Um, yeah, I mean, they've they've, since the Browns loss, they've reeled off five straight wins. And if we're just going to take out the Rams win, when which that defense, the Ravens defense gave up 31 points, that Ravens defense has been averaging about 14, giving up about 14 points. um, between between those four point between those four opponents and oh I mean that's that's pretty freaking good this is like one of the one of the best defenses in the NFL and so I think I think the Dolphins have a challenge ahead um I I, I, I firmly believe especially after last week that it's it's the Dolphins with you know their offense and like fireworks like you know you know, it's a, it's a track meet. I think going to Baltimore that can prove to be a great challenge for them more so than, you know, Oh shoot, we got the dolphins coming to us. It's like, Oh, the dolphins should be afraid. They're coming. They're coming to Baltimore and you know, we're red hot right now. The dolphins, they've, they've won four straight, but Baltimore just came back from Santa Clara, beating one of the top NFC uh, contenders by m- more than uh, ten. And so, uh, you know, I think Baltimore definitely has the edge here. But I, you know, it, it's gonna be it, it's gonna be interesting to see um, what what uh, the weather's gonna be like in Baltimore because um, if it rains again, you know. Is it, it's it, it may not be all speed and everything like that, uh, but definitely has potential for for that. Um, could could the could uh the Ravens come back down to earth after getting blown out? Could could the Dolphins go a little extra motivation, um, just after beating the Cowboys by only two points when you felt like, especially being at home in Miami, that you know it could have been could have been a little bit more. Um. Yeah, I, I I'm thinking, you know, as long as Tua doesn't turn the ball over, I think the Dolphins have a chance. Um. But you know, if it if it turns into a turnover game, I I definitely like the Ravens very much. Um. But you know, we'll have to want we'll to see how it goes.
0: All right, Christian, what are you looking forward to in the battle for the AFC one seed? Uh, This is a matchup against a very
2: high-powered offense in Miami versus a high offense when it can be against Baltimore. Uh, Everyone knows on this podcast, obviously, Lamar Jackson coming from Louisville, so obviously there's a lot of bias with some love over with the Ravens organization. Uh, And look, Lamar has been playing stellar. Right now, he's the MVP favorite, and... I mean, he's not even in his, you know, late twenties and he could win two uh MVP awards, which will be awesome for Lamar. Uh and that hot streak is going to go, I think, far for them. Uh Miami, I mean, this is a resurgence of Tua, right? We were talking how uh preseason, if Tua's not the guy, they may go look in the draft this year, you know, for a Caleb Williams, a Drake May, uh, even a Michael Pennix to replace Tua. But he's really been killing it with Tyreek, with Morissette, and with Mike McDaniel as the head coach. Uh, You know, Todd Munkin has been an incredible addition as the offensive coordinator for Baltimore, has made their offense look very good. I mean, Baltimore's defense is also – it's a Baltimore defense. It's an aggressive defense. Yeah, they give up yards. Yeah, they give up touchdowns. But it's still aggressive. It still makes teams uncomfortable with their pass rushers. And they're just an absolute monster of a defense to handle. I'm much more scared of uh, the Ravens' defense going up against Miami than Miami's defense against Baltimore. Uh, Miami doesn't have a true, consistent pass rush, even though they have a good pass rusher in Bradley Chubb. Um, I I just fear Baltimore a lot more. And even though Kyle Hamilton is deemed questionable – I still think he's going to play. You know, they win this game. They're going to have the one seed. And they don't need to worry about, uh, you know, Pittsburgh really in this kind of matchup. You know, rest your guys. Rest Lamar. Rest Kyle. Rest, you know, Zay and Odell. You know, they have – they're going to have, you know, a bye week anyway if they win this game. So, you got to rest your guys uh would you whoever the matchup they're gonna play in Baltimore. And like I said about Dallas, this is a team in Baltimore, they don't lose often in Baltimore. They are a much better team uh at home than they are away. So that's also a key factor going into this matchup.
0: All right. For me, I'm gonna go with the Baltimore Ravens. Um I guess I think their office will take a step back. And I think like I said, I think the games to be very close a la, like I mentioned, Dallas and Miami, where it came down to the last second field goal. Uh, but if you give me that, I, I trust Justin Tucker in a field goal situation to hit it. I also trust Lamar to make the right plays. And again, I don't think we'll see five interceptions because Sam Donald did throw a pick late in the game. So we saw, I didn't. I don't think it was going to be five interceptions by the Ravens defense against Tua, and whoever the backup is if Tua gets benched. But I still think this defense is going to be good enough to where they will find a way to win a probably a lower scoring affair than people want to see with these two teams playing. Dolan, how do you see this game going down?
1: I'm going to take the Ravens as well. Um, And, you know, I I, I, I just think that they're playing so much better than a load of the other teams, including the Dolphins at this point. And, you know, I I think when it comes down to it, the plays, the coaching – um you know the players i i I just think that about the 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 excuse me uh the Ravens are just gonna be able to find a way to get it done at home um reg- you know' we're, you know regardless of how uh the uh factors may have it, whether it's like the weather or uh the injuries or that sort of thing, I just think that the Ravens are playing so much better right now.
0: All right, Christian, how do you see this game going down?
2: Uh, Same here. I got Baltimore. Uh, I just think Baltimore, like, I love their, you know, I love Lamar Jackson, obviously. You know, their offense has really come alive. Zay Flowers, you know, early in the season, like a rookie, wasn't really doing much. But recently he has been amazing for Baltimore with, you know, him and Odell. They've been absolutely tremendous. Uh, this defense has been playing very well these last five games. So I got Baltimore in this to get the number one seat.
0: All right. So three, four, three there. Next up, we go to the NFC South in a game that may decide the division, question mark, just depending on how it was in Atlanta. Um, Tampa Bay versus New Orleans. It's a, it's a weird game. Uh, because like we all said, preseason this division is the worst division in football. Would not be shocked if a team was sub 500. Well, if Tampa Bay wins, they will have nine wins, will be above 500 at least. Uh, when they host whoever the runner up in the NFC East is, uh, again, because the division matchup they played once before this year in that game, week four in New Orleans, the Buccaneers won 26 to 9. And, yes, when I say the nine, it was exactly what you expected. Three full goals were made by Blake Groupie that day uh, to aid the Saints. That was the only points they scored all game. Derek Carr did not look good. Baker Mayfield did look good. Did three touchdowns, one pick, almost 250 yards through the air. Um. So, again, New Orleans, can they at least get a split in the season series with this game? Buccaneers looking to clinch a playoff spot in the, um, you know, post Tom Brady era. They're looking to get to the playoffs here, and you know, show that they still have it. In that, you know, Todd Bowles is not a terrible coach, uh, despite you know last year when they made the playoffs with a sub 500 record. Um, but Todd Bowles, he's I, mean, I don't think he's that good of a coach, but he is doing a great job this year. Uh, and it looks like the Buccaneers might win the division for the second year in a row. I, I'll get to the pick in a second on who I think is going to win this game, but that's what I think is can New Orleans slow down this Buccaneers offense? And this Buccaneers team has now won four straight games, uh, since losing to the Colts in that just weird game in Indianapolis. Uh, but the Bucks' office is clicking, New Orleans, not so much, but um, we'll see what happens on Sunday. It's a division game, which we all know anything can happen, and it's you know, New Year's Eve, so. Uh, the year will strike midnight on someone's dreams, I guess, this year. Dalton, what are you looking forward to with the Saints and Buccaneers game?
1: I really think that this could be the Buccaneers' chance to really take hold. You know, take hold of the division. And, you know, the Saints, you just kind of never know with these two teams. Um, you know, especially the Saints, like, what's going to happen you know they're not gonna have Lattimore again. Obviously he's been on IR, and um, they were able to play a little bit last week uh, in like the garbage time. Um, but for the majority of that game last week, last week it wasn't really close. So now, you know you're coming back, you gotta go on the road, but you got to give them this. The Saints have had more time to rest and prepare than the Bucks have. Um, so I guess that is an edge for them. Um, but I think, too, like if you're Dennis Allen, you know, Mayfield's playing really well. Rashad's, Rashad White's playing really well. Uh, the running back for Tampa Bay. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, they've got good weapons. Saints do as well, but, you know, I think if you're – that defense, the Bucks' defense, you know, they're able to really take hold, um, and they're they're just again at this point in the season, being about who's hot and who's not. The Bucks are on fire right now. They've, you know, really needed to win these games late, and they have, which I think gives them the edge. Plus, them being at home.
0: All right, Christian, what are you looking forward to with the matchup between the Saints and the Buccaneers?
2: I mean, I want to see if Tampa Bay's hot streak can continue. Uh, I know they're not really impressive teams at the moment, but beating Green Bay uh, in Green Bay and beating Jacksonville, I mean, these are very good teams, uh, or pretty good teams, I should say. And to kind of handle business, you know, two weeks in a row, is absolutely huge. Their defense is playing a whole lot better. Uh, their offense with Baker Mayfield has been tremendous. Uh, did not think that at all coming into the season, but they've done really well. And to say something, I you just have no idea. You know, we never really trust Dennis Allen. I thought Derek Carr would be a very good answer for them, but he has not been, you know, up to expectation. Uh, so they're kind of, you know, they're still in the hunt, quote unquote, but they need a lot of stuff to happen. Uh, In order for them to possibly steal the division. But, you know, this is, you know, like we mentioned, this is a terrible division in the NFC. The worst division, honestly, uh, in terms of just, you know, the winner is probably going to be one and done. Uh, But it's going to be a fine matchup where a lot of eyes are going to be on because the winner, more than likely, is probably going to get into a playoff position.
0: All right. To the picks we go. I'm going with the Red Hot Buccaneers. Enough said there. Um, I, got, I almost spoiled it a while back when I was giving my preview. But I, I don't think Bowles is a good coach, but I think he'll get this team to the playoffs again. Um, and it's Buccaneers team, you know, they close to here. I believe was, they close with Carolina, so they may uh, actually get to ten wins, which is something I would have been stunned by uh, preseason if that's the case there, but. I think the Buccaneers will get to nine wins. They'll finish above 500 this year, and they'll take care of business and win the NFC South once again. Dalton, where do you see this game going?
1: I'm going to go with the Buccaneers as well. Uh, I I think that they win this game and take hold of uh, the NFC South and really, really shut the door on the chances because I think they win this week's game and next week's game. Um, yeah, I mean this is this is I, I, I think, you know, the Saints have you know, their window is shut. Um, you know, uh metaphorically speaking, and you know, even even if, you know, they play really close with this Tampa Bay team and you know, Tampa Bay's only favored by a field goal, I just I don't think that New Orleans is gonna be able to do this and be able to beat Tampa Bay to really keep themselves in the fight. Um, so, yeah, Tampa Bay should just be able to go ahead and uh, beat New Orleans this weekend.
0: Alrighty. Christian, how do you see this game going down?
2: So, I think, you know, three for three is going to be Tampa Bay. I, I just don't trust Dennis Allen and the Saints to uh, upset Tampa Bay. I mean, Tampa Bay is right there. They understand it. They win, they're in. Uh, you know, they need to make sure they get into a playoff position. Now, you know, regardless of Atlanta, way they win, they are fine. They don't need to worry about the Falcons anymore. Uh, it'll be huge for Tampa Bay, obviously, because, you know, this year, you know, first year out of the Tom Brady era, uh, everyone thought they'd be a top five pick. And right now, how they've been playing, they're playing like a team that can honestly maybe upset whoever they play. Uh, which is probably going to be an NFC East uh, contender with Philly or Dallas. They play like this and that, you know, depending on how they play against Carolina, you know, the following week, they can honestly, you know, shock the world uh, and make a little run for themselves. So I got Tampa Bay here.
0: All right. Thank you for that. All right. Next up, we will go to the Raiders and the Colts. And at first glance, it's a matchup that I know, does not seem necessarily that intriguing to people because, I guess, the Raiders, they've been terrible all year. The Colts, they're 8-7. and seven. But this game could effectively be like a loser-leaves-town game because they're one game back. It's such a cluster in the AFC for that last playoff spot that, like, I don't know if head-to-head's going to necessarily be a factor here, but if the Raiders were to beat Indy, they stay alive in the AFC uh, West race, at least temporarily, depending on how the Colts or the Chiefs do, which we'll talk about that game in a second. Uh, and the Colts, you're still alive in the division. You're still alive for the 7th seed, maybe even 6th seed depending on what happens here. So, like, both these teams, even, okay, Raiders, if you lose, you can't win the division, and I think you may be sore out of luck for a wild card spot, too, uh, depending on what unfolds this weekend as well. But the Colts, you got a chance to slip by yourself here For the division or for, uh, you know, kind of a safety net in the playoff race, depending on what happens in the last week of the regular season. Um, Is Josh Jacobs going to play? He did not play this past weekend, and it didn't really matter because, like I said, they just beat Kansas City. Uh, But they were led by the defense. And, again, I don't think you're going to have a game like O'Connell where he doesn't complete a pass outside the first quarter because I saw the stats show where it's like he has thrown seven straight incomplete passes or whatever. Uh whatever it ended up being, like not at twenty-one, not gonna win many games like that. Um he's us back is Adams gonna play a big part in this game, and the Colts, you know, Michael Pittman, he's been a fantastic addition, um, or fantasy receiver for the Colts team. So I think this game it's very intriguing for a lot of reasons, and I cannot wait to see uh this game, even though like at first glance it's one that I was like Raiders Colts, like who cares? But uh yeah, very intriguing. Dalton, what are you thinking about? Uh, what's your thoughts on this Raiders and Colts matchup?
1: This this could get this could get really really interesting, especially if the Raiders win this game. Um, but I think you know the Colts just try to you know, bounce back from last week's loss. For the Raiders, you know you're riding pretty high with this with this Chiefs in, in division win, and then you know before Christmas beating the Chargers setting your franchise record and scoring um you know you're looking at you know I, I think the new coaching staff, the new the new the new coaching um head coach um Pierce Antonio Pierce has really given this team kind of like a new identity almost like we're gonna be physical we're gonna out physical the team we 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 may not be as talented as most ball clubs but we're going to try our best and we're going to put all of our effort right in- into e- these games um so i think you know this this could be this could be really really interesting i actually like the premise of this game so this is uh yeah i'm going to be i'm really interested to see what happens here
0: All right. Christian, what are you looking forward to in this battle of teams? Both still live in the wild card and in their own division races.
2: Uh, Yeah, I mean, obviously with uh, the Colts, it's a little bit closer in the AFC South that all of them have the same record. Uh, But Jacksonville has a tiebreaker above both. Um, And with the Raiders, I mean, huge upset win against the Chiefs on Christmas Day. Uh, And there's a lot of teams that You know, a lot of people, excuse me, are expecting like Kansas City to win this, but right now they're, you know, division title-less, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast. I mean, this is, you know, huge momentum, building for the Raiders, and they just have to stay focused one game at a time, and even though it's a long shot to get into the playoffs and win the entire division, it's still plausible. There's still a chance, you know, like Jim Carrey on Dumb and Dumber, so it's going to be a very good matchup where both offenses, they can be really good, but it can also be an absolute stinker that we've saw uh, both in the, you know, their previous games. So it will be a fun matchup to watch in the AFC wildcard race.
0: Yeah. And um on to our picks, but uh, I'll mention just briefly. I was listening to, you know, Bill Simmons and he cousin Salon, and it's like this Raiders team has had three really different games, in the last two weeks, you had, on December 10th, you beat, you lose to Minnesota 3 nothing. Four days later, you go to the, you take the Chargers, and you blast them 63-21, force them to make a change at head coach. Then you get a little bit of a break, 11 days, and you're playing Kansas City at Arrowhead, and you're winning with the offense doing next to nothing, after your offense put 63 up, uh, 11 days earlier. So this Raiders team is going on winning in so many different ways lately. Uh, Well, they lost that three of the game, like I mentioned uh, to the Minnesota where their offense couldn't get anything going. And, you know, we're leading up. I think that they're hitting the right track and Antonio Pierce uh, as the interim coach. I don't know if we'll get the full-time job, um, but something about the Raiders with interim coaches and they find a way to make the playoffs. Like we saw with Passaccia a few years ago, And I'm not saying they're making the playoffs necessarily, but I do think they'll upset the Colts in Indianapolis. I think the Colts are trending in the wrong direction. Uh, You you know, losing the Jake Browning game. You you know, you beat Pittsburgh, but it's Pittsburgh. Trubisky was playing that game. Um, And then you lose to Atlanta that I just don't think is very good. Okay, maybe you bounce back, but I'm going to ride the Raiders. And I think O'Connell is not going to have as bad a game as he had on Christmas Day. I think he's not a – he's a fine – He's a fourth or fifth-round rookie quarterback. Like I don't know what the expectations were. He's not Brock Purdy. He's not Dak Prescott. But I think he'll find a way to do enough. And if Jacobs is back and healthy, then I expect them to utilize Jacobs on the ground game and find a way to beat the Colts here. So give me the Raiders. Dolan, how do you see this game going down?
1: Not a lot of differences between you and I, man. I'm going to go with the Raiders as well. And, you know, I think if Josh Jacobs comes back, that's great too, but Zemir White has has proven that he can do just enough if not more on the ground so you know I, I I think that the Raiders are playing with a newfound kind of swag and I think that they're gonna go into the Colts Stadium and uh quote unquote you know like uh pull out uh the upset um but yeah do give yeah just uh go ahead and give me get, give me the the uh, the Las Vegas Raiders to win this game.
0: All right. Christian, how do you see this game unfolding? I'm a little bit different uh, this
2: week. I got the Colts. Uh, I just don't trust Aiden O'Connell. Like you mentioned, Spencer, I mean, a couple weeks ago, this this is a team to a no good team with Josh Dobbs and Nick Mullins uh, lost three nothing. And, I mean, their offense has just not been performing, right? I mean, you lost to the Chargers. You know, and Brandon – you I mean, you beat the Chargers and Brandon Staley. Big whoop, right? And, I mean, shoot, if the Chiefs had a decent offense and if it wasn't for your defense showing up, that offense ain't anything, right? Uh, and also the Colts, I mean, yeah, they haven't been playing the best with their backup quarterback with uh, Derek – with uh, uh, Gardner mentioned excuse me. This is a Derek Carr, Mike. He's not even close in this conversation. Uh, but you know, if Gardner Minshew, you, you know, bit, like they played mediocre uh, against you know five teams. But I think you know they're right now they're in the playoff uh, picture at the seven seed. They want to keep that. They got to keep the momentum up. I'm gonna go with the homestead and the home team. I'm gonna go Indianapolis.
0: All right. Next up, we have a rematch of the last couple AFC title games. The Bengals and the Chiefs uh, at Arrowhead, because it seems like they always play Arrowhead, Um, at least in the playoffs. I know they do, because Kansas City has never played a road playoff game with Mahomes. Um, And this is a game, is Jamar Chase going to play? Like, Chase did not play last week, and they're almost couldn't get anything going anyway. They're playing Pittsburgh, uh, led by the resurgence with Rudolph. But... Chase plays. the game's a little different. I think like, I got can't find them. No, putting him eleven points of Chase is playing that week. Um, Kadarius Tony didn't play for the Chiefs, but we know the we've uh, documented the struggles with Kadarius Tony on this ep, on this show in the past. And anyone that watches Chiefs knows that uh, Pacheco is he going to play? He's questionable right now. Uh, so again, we're a bit out for this game, but the Bengals and the Chiefs. Um, I don't think it will be the the instant classic like we we're used to with these franchises when they play head to head, but I think we could, we could get a good game. Um, just because the Bengals have been very frisky, uh, despite playing, uh, shorthanded without Joe Burrow. Um, but I think Chase is a difference maker here. Cause I mean, that office just looks like on a new level with Chase in there. Uh, and the cheese, my Holmes has found a way to win games. Again, they lost three of the last four games. And the one win is against a new England team that we know is terrible. Um, but um, they gotta, they're got; they going to try to get right. Like, I trust Andy Reid and Mahomes to figure out a game plan to try to get right before the playoffs. Because they know if you win, it's another 10 win season. You've eliminated, you've clinched the division once again. And and while they're not going to get the bye more than likely, like, there's no scenario where they should get the bye. They will not get the bye. So they actually get to play in the wildcard round for the first time in Mahomes' career. It's still, you get the division win, you get the home playoff game. And, you know, you reset when the opposing comes. It's a new season. And they know how to do that. But Cincinnati, you know, credit Zach Taylor and company, they have kept this team afloat to where, while technically last in the division, there's a scenario where all four teams at the division have an above 500 record. Um, So I'm looking forward to this game. I don't think it's the instant classic that we're used to. But I think the Biggles could still make this game intriguing for the Chiefs and vice versa here. Dol, what are you looking forward to? with the Bengals and the Chiefs when they do battle at Arrowhead?
1: Um, is somebody other than Travis Kelsey going to show up for the Chiefs to pat, to catch, you know, this has been their Achilles heel almost all season long is that they don't have a viable pass catcher besides Kelsey. I mean, he's leading the team and receiving yards and, you know, I, I get it. Like he's one of the best tight ends ever pretty much. Um, but I mean this I mean you, you you gotta have somebody else besides him and you know, we've seen bits and pieces, you know, in spurts of like Rasheed Rice come into his own. Um and, you know, some other players, Jared McKinnon, Isaiah Pacheco. But, you know, I think with that, I mean it just it just makes it you know, just easier for the opponent, I feel like. If you if you got one guy that you can really trust and really go to, I mean, we're seeing Holmes just he's having his worst year statistically. He's thrown fourteen interceptions. And, you know, for having five hundred and sixty eight pass attempts, only three hundred and eighty of them were completed. And you know, it's it's he's I guess as a team, as an offense, since that Raiders win that they had, they're 1-4, and that's the reality of it. They've won one game in the month of December, and that game was against Spence's New England Patriots last week. So that was the one game that they've won. They lost to Green Bay, they lost to Buffalo, and they lost to Vegas this past week. On the Bengals, on the flip side of it, they've won the four, uh, th- a three out of their last five. And in the month of December, they've only lost one game, and that was last week against Pittsburgh. They've been able to beat Jacksonville, who Jacksonville, by most people in most accounts, had them in the playoff race and may still have even be in the playoff race. I know Jacksonville has cooled off a little bit, but they're still a good team. The Colts. Very much in the playoff race. We just talked about them. The Vikings, Yeah, they've kind of fallen off with injuries. But they're in it for sure, still in it, in uh, the NFC. And Pittsburgh has had a little bit of a quote-unquote resurgence. Uh, So I think, you know, if I'm the Chiefs and I can only rely on one person to catch the football, I'm scared. Because the Bengals have shown that they can beat Kansas City and in, and in, 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 excuse me, the Bengals have shown that they can beat the Chiefs in Kansas City, and I don't think that this is a shoo-in for Kansas City at all. Whether it's Jake Browning or Joe Burrow, I, I really don't. I think that this game's going to be close. I think it's going to be one of the more less talked about games of the weekend going into it, but coming out, we're going to be like, oh, okay, this was a pretty good game. And, you know, one game separates these two from having the same record. This could be pretty even without whether Jamar Chase plays or not. I, I I think that we'll, 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 we'll find out. But if he doesn't, I still believe that, it's going to be close because of the fact that these two teams are pretty much even. They're pretty much even. If Chase doesn't play, T. Higgins can still catch the ball. Tyler Boyd, you know, the Bengals still have weapons. I'm the Chiefs, damn. I mean, I can't trust anybody. I mean, I really can't. Last week was atrocious. I mean, uh, two defensive touchdowns in a matter of, what was it, like 10 seconds it felt like. It felt like just I was like bang bang like it was quick. Um the Chiefs have been an absolutely disparity this season. I mean, I I I don't care if they're 9 and 6, 4 and 4 at home. I, I don't care. Like this is this has been an absolute travesty and something that I didn't even expect uh coming into this season with this team. And I I mean, I really think they've got to make pass catching and you know, you know, like the uh, the wide receivers, they keep like, a a um priority for this offseason if they want to get back. Um because, you know, Patrick Mahomes is having a down year and you know, just as like an organization, they have not been up to up to par. So I I think this game is gonna be incredibly close and I'm kinda looking forward to it, to be honest with you.
0: All right. Christian, what are you looking forward to? With the Bengals and the Chiefs on Sunday? Uh, can the
2: Chiefs play with a little bit more fire? I feel like, because of the Kansas City Chiefs, they just go out there and think they're going to win. Um, you know, that's just how this team has played. They It doesn't seem like they play with energy. Uh, they go into these games knowing that, or really do believing they can beat anybody at any time. Uh, and they haven't done that, right? And we all know about the Buffalo Bills you know, sort of thing, right, with uh, the offsides on Kadarius Tony, You know, they played Green Bay a while ago, and they, they, you know, passed interference calls. They could have beaten them, right? And obviously, in this game against the Raiders, they, you know, they lost to a team that didn't have an offense. So, you know, Chiefs really do need to come out and really act like, hey, you know, we're not just, you know, we're the Kansas City Chiefs, but we're not the same team that Go up against anybody and just beat them, and know we have a great chance because we have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Right? So, this offense needs to mightily step up. This defense has done fine, but I mean, you can't handle you know two offensive turnovers that went to touchdowns, you can't control that as a defensive coach. So, you gotta, you know, Andy has to get his boys straightened out, go up against Cincinnati, who's a fine team. Long shot to make the playoffs after losing to Pittsburgh a week ago, but, you know, they still have a chance to make some noise. And also, you know, Zach Taylor has done, you know, fine up to this point with Cincinnati making them a contender uh, for the wild card picture right now. It, it's again, you know, you got Jake Browning obviously played terrible against Pittsburgh's defense, but, Kansas City's defense. It's you know I don't think it's as good as Pittsburgh. It's not as deep in the uh, pass rushing category, but you got to you know keep them motivated to try and beat Kansas City because Kansas City they they are beatable. They're a beat, beatable team, and that's what's going to make the difference in this game.
0: All right, to the picks we go, and in my universe, the Raiders win at one o'clock. And again, I'm not sure what the Chiefs, are they're going to be focusing on that game. i they should focus on the task at hand with the Bengals. But, you know, they're human. They know what's at hand. If the Bengals or the Colts beat the Raiders, the division's already clinched, and it doesn't matter how that game goes. But if the Raiders win, they know they have to win to get the division title. I think regardless, they're going to come out and win anyway because they know that, hey, let's just try to do it our way and let's just, you know, focus on the task at hand because also a win just goes a long way for the team each week. It's hard to win a game in the NFL each week. And they are playing a Bengals team that, again, they're banged up. If Chase is playing, I think the game is closer. But I think the Chiefs, if Chase is not play, I think the Chiefs win by double digits. And I'm not thinking twice about that at all. That's no disrespect necessarily to Browning and company for what they've done. But I think that's the task. Of a, is that the Chiefs are a better team, even with all, you know, lack of receiving core and whatnot there is that that's how I think it's going to happen here. Um, but like I said, I think they'll see, maybe they'll know the Raiders won, and it's like, hey, let's just win and clinch the division our way here. Um, but regardless, I think I think they're going to win uh, just because they know that a win solidifies the division regardless of what happens at the 1 o'clock window. Don, what do you see happening with the Chiefs and the Bengals?
1: For me, I think that... I believe that um, the Bengals are going to win this game. You know, I I just I think that the Chiefs, you know, it, it's they they've cooled off exponentially, and. You no, know, I, I, I the 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 story could be the Bengals defense after this week. It, it, you know, it, it it may not even have to be about the Bengals offense. You know, they could they could they could score twenty points and win the football game. We we've seen that. You know, the Bengals just got beat thirty four to eleven last week they got blown out by a division rival in Pittsburgh. I think that they're going to come out and try to fire, you know, try to come out firing on all cylinders. They guys got blown out last week, got embarrassed. And, you know, I think they've got a little a small chip on their shoulder. And that's not to say that the Chiefs don't, because they took a loss last week as well. But, you know, I think Bengals got more uh, riding on this one than the Chiefs do, if I'm being honest. You, You know, you mentioned if the Raiders lose – the division is the Chiefs. They 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 have got it. The Bengals are still fighting for their playoff lives here. And so I think the Bengals have got more riding on this game. And you know, it I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take them to win in a in a slight advantage.
0: All right. So Dalton, in your hypothetical scenario, the division will come down to the final week of the season, which I, I love that. Now I'm rooting for that scenario if I'm being honest. Uh where it comes down to the last week of the season. Uh, but nonetheless, Christian, in your hypothetical, the Colts beat the Raiders. Chiefs have the division locked up. But how do you see the chiefs bengals game going regardless of the outcome of that game? Um, I mean,
2: even with that, like, you know, because I even though I did predict the Colts, like, yes, I would love chaos uh, in the AFC. And it would be funny as hell for Kansas City to, like, somehow miss the playoffs entirely with a lot of chaos happening. But I still see Kansas City winning – uh, this is a team that needs to get their mojo back. This is a team that has to get on back on the same page and make their team and make their fan base believe, hey, Kansas City's had some stretch this year, but they can still hold it in and still be a viable team in the AFC playoffs and maybe a team that gets into the Super Bowl this year. So, you know, Kansas City, they have to win this for confidence for themselves and confidence for the future. Uh, they have the Chargers at the end of the season, and that game probably won't mean anything. But they need to get this on, need to get 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 back on track. And you know, regardless of uh, you know later on down the line, who's one seed if they have to travel or whatnot, like you know for Mahomes and for his legacy, you know what he may feels like. You know, this is a team, you know, because Mahomes has always been questioned. Oh, what if he was on the Bears? This is that, you know, what if, right? Where you have no weapons, your offensive line isn't as good, uh, your defense has done the most part, but your offense is just flat out awful, right? This is what it is. And Mahomes, he's still playing his best, but not to the level of what we think is the best. But I do see Kansas City beating Cincinnati and eliminating Cincinnati completely.
0: All right, so a little bit of a you know some change ups here some of the matchups some similarities some others uh but again thanks for listening for this episode of out of bounds we hope you all had a wonderful uh christmas if you observe christmas uh whatever holiday you do observe in the month of december hope that was good uh for you guys and again i hope that next week you know you have a good thanks or good new year gosh i'm all over the holidays this year thanksgiving uh, New Year's. I'm gonna see Happy Valentine's Day too. Apparently, uh, before the <laughs> night's done. But nonetheless, I hope that you had you enjoyed this episode of Out of Bounds. Uh, hope you have a good New Year. We'll be back again next week, previewing Week 18. Must see matchups in the NFL that have playoff implications. And just a heads up, like we did last year, there's a chance we may pick more than five games if there's like six or seven games that we deem you know playoff worthy and like we decide hey this needs to be talked about because playoff implications are on the line in this matchup here um uh, so just bear in mind that next week could be a little bit longer of an episode with that but nonetheless thanks again for listening feel free to follow on spotify apple wherever you're listening to this podcast give us a follow there feedback's always encouraged share this with friends and family and as always i am spencer brown
2: d bishop and i'm christian nerds
0: So, again, thanks for listening. Enjoy the rest of your day.